Hello and welcome to Spooptober on the Grindhouse Girls podcast. This month we'll be focusing on some Halloween films to Hallow stream this spooky season. But of course, we'll be discussing all things spoopy, scary, and strange. As usual, we'd like to warn our listeners that some things that we discuss due to their graphic nature may be disturbing and listener discretion is advised. But for those of you who would like to be spooked out, keep listening and on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. Where we watch, oh yeah, we watch spoopy, strange, and scary movies. Yes, yes, and um, we are officially on. I feel bad. I just blanked on our. our uh, is it spooktacular? Spooktac- spooktacular <laughs> number two. Spook. Spooktober number two. Which is Brit's uh, spoopy Hallow Stream picks. Yes, and this was so, so hard. <laughs> like, um, because there was a lot of ones that were just, like, go-tos for me. And I was like, it's not mainstream. So I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, I can't talk about things that aren't mainstream. Because I feel like usually things that are mainstream are good sometimes a lot of the times it's just something's popular because it resonates with a lot of people right so, so of course like one of my go-to's i was like i want to do cabin in the woods and i'm like but we're gonna talk about cabin in the woods come on it's cabin in the woods like let me find things that i love that maybe people have seen maybe they haven't but maybe they'd be pleasantly surprised if they never did so oh. and i i actually um and I feel like you've heard of every single one on this list, Katie. I don't know if you've seen every single one of them. I think there's maybe two you may not have seen. The other ones okay. I feel pretty. There's two that I feel like you're pretty, I'm pretty sure. And one that I'm like, she may have seen this. She may not have seen this. I don't know. Um, but the way I tried to do things was that I tried to kind of categorize them because I feel like I was like Halloween movies like let's think of Halloween movies okay we're gonna think of the usuals we're gonna think of Halloween we're gonna think of the cabin in the woods we're gonna think of Nightmare on Elm Street Friday the 13th like um so I didn't want to do one set scene two on the nose well you know I've never seen all of Nightmare on Elm Street oh my god <laughs> but I've seen a lot of it yeah but I've never okay my friend Valerie Hi, Valerie, if you're listening. Um, she had an old, some older siblings. A lot of her, her sisters were much older than, not much, but they were, like, in middle school when we were in first grade, it felt like. So, like, she heard about scary movies before all of us did. Like, I remember her telling us about Leprechaun, and we were, like, probably in, like, third or fourth grade. And I was like, that's terrifying. And then when I actually saw it, I was like, this is really stupid. But I thought it was really scary sounding. Um, also Warwick Davies, I love him, but like, I'm like, oh, I feel bad for him because he's such a better actor than that. Um, but she told me about the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. And we would like sing it on the playground. And I don't know, it just really scared me when I was little. Um, but I always thought the makeup job for Freddy was really cool. So I think she told me one of, this could have been, been a different friend, but it might've been Valerie. I feel like she told me one of her older sister's like taped butter knives on her fingers once and chased her throughout the house 
<laughs> so like I just like I don't know. I never really watched it. I've seen a lot of scenes from it, and I've seen the beginning a couple times. But it's I don't know. It's not. It's not that I don't think it's good. I just like I've never seen it all the way through. So that is one that's a classic that I haven't seen all the way through that I plan on. I just haven't. So. Yeah. Um, but I've seen Friday the 13th and the second one and the third one. And I think technically I have them all in DVD. So no lie. Um, so I said so on the podcast before my brother is a huge Friday the 13th fan. So his first movie, um, was, uh, when my mom and dad, he was two weeks old. They wanted to have a date night. Um, but they had two week old. Uh, well, he wasn't even two weeks old. Actually, long story short, my brother is a preemie. When he was released from the hospital, they had had him for about two weeks at home file. okay. And he was, like, realistically, like, maybe four months old at this point. But they went to a late-night showing of Friday the 13th Part 7, New Blood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, they took Brandon. They took Brandon with him. And so that was, like, the joke is that Brandon's first movie was a Friday the 13th movie. But I've seen all of them, including Jason X, which is Jason in space. Uh, we've seen. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've seen Jason Takes Manhattan. Like, you know, so... Friday the 13th is a big way of life in the family. Um, I'll be honest, it's not my favorite, which, thank God, my brother's not listening um, because that would be <laughs> blasphemy to him. But um, they're fun. They're campy. So I think of, like, those, like, if you're sitting there with a bunch of friends, Scream is, like, one of those movies, too. Now, I would say the first Scream is so good. Um, and the fourth one, honestly. I liked the fourth one. The fourth one was okay. I, I didn't hate it. Oh, I really, I really ended up like, I had no, I had very negative expectations for it. I was like, this is going to suck and I'm going to hate it. Why are they doing a fourth scream? And my friend Elizabeth brought it over on Halloween and I didn't want to see it. I'd been avoiding it. And then I actually really liked it. I, I thought it was funny and it was making fun of itself and I was cool with it. Um, I, I mean, I still apparently they're doing a fifth one I, yeah. I don't understand why but okay um but the the third one i honestly barely remember the third one i remember the second one i barely remember the third one yeah but i like that the first one is actually creepy first one's a classic and i feel like it's like i talk about movies um I obviously have a nephew who's 13, and I was telling Kaylee, Katie before the podcast start that uh, he very dramatically said the other night he doesn't like movies, uh, which I'm not even going to get on that subject. But um, these movies that I'd like to talk about, it's almost like pas- Passage of Right movies, and I feel like Scream is one of those movies. Like, you hit a certain age in your life, mm-hmm. you should watch Scream. True. Like, it's funny. And I feel like it's still fresh after all these years, too. I feel like the social commentary in it is still, or the hard commentary, especially about the final girls. I like it. It's really interesting. City Prescott is still one of the best final girls, too. So. Yeah, and I like how they, like, you know, they have the rules spoken, but they do it, like, in a fun enough way. Also, Matthew Lillard. I don't know about you, but he's like my fun. He was like one of my funny boy crushes. I had funny boy crushes. I don't know about you, but I was like Shia LaBeouf in Even Stevens. I was like, oh, hell yes. Yeah, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like a heartthrob. Shia LaBeouf was kind of like goofy looking. Like I had a crush on Shia LaBeouf. I also had a crush on Matthew Lillard, probably because he played Shaggy. But then I went back and watched Scream and I was like, Matthew Lillard's in this movie? What yep. the fuck? Yeah. And then he like turns, well, no, no spoilers. But then like, I'm like, fuck Matthew Lillard. And then the guy that plays Sydney's boyfriend in Scream plays um, Jughead's dad. 
in Riverdale. And it yeah. took me like a whole season and a half to be like, why do I know? I think it's Skeet Ulrich. Isn't that his yeah. name? Mm-hmm. I was like, why do I know his face? And then I finally figured out that he was in Scream. I was like, oh my God, he's Loomis. He's, was it Ben Loomis? Was uh, Billy. Billy Loomis. He's like, it's Billy Loomis. And I texted my friend Kat because we used to ironically watch Riverdale. She's still, I've fallen behind, but we we would watch it like on the days it came out and then text each other about it. It was very fun. Uh, I was like, Billy Loomis is Jughead's dad. She's like, I knew it. Like, we just were like, so, you know, at least the cast of Scream lives on. Courtney Cox had some TV shows. You know, Courtney Cox is also from Alabama, by the way. So we love her. Um, Thank you for not being a shameful person from Alabama, for being like an actual, like, accomplished person. Thank you. Her and Helen Keller. And Rosa Parks. Okay, we got Helen Keller. We got Rosa Parks. We got Courtney Cox. Uh, I'm not really sure who else we got, though, from Alabama. Like, there are people. Oh, Little Richard is buried in Alabama, but I don't think he's from Alabama. He just used to live here. Prince is too, isn't he? Do I imagine he's buried in Alabama? Prince? Do I imagine Prince? No, Prince is from Minnesota. Did I imagine he was buried in Alabama, or was it someone else that was like? No, Little Richard got was buried in Alabama. Maybe like, that's. I found that out recently. I was like, "What?" And they're like, "Yeah, he spent a lot of time in Huntsville." And I was like, "What? No, what is going like, that's on?" Cool. I mean, I'm really sad he's dead, but I really yeah. like Little Richard. I don't think he's from Alabama though. I think he just lived here, but I could be wrong. So he he's buried across the street from Oakwood University in Huntsville. So, and I went to school. He studied seminary at Oakwood? Little Richard's, that's hilarious. Um, really? That's really funny to me because he, like, was famously very, like, Tutti Frutti's, like, about butt sex. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's where I was reading about it. That's where I Yeah. So, that makes me, like, I mean, not saying you can't be religious and also like butt sex, but just in the 50s, like, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure if you liked butt sex and you were religious, like, they probably... We're like mm, conflicting ideals, guys. Now, who cares? Yeah. Um, but that's pretty hilarious. But yes, yeah, so Little Richard is buried in in Alabama, but I I don't think he was born in Alabama. I think he just so yeah. Anyways, Alabama doesn't have a lot of cool people from it that haven't been dead for a really long time. So okay, let's move on to movies. Sorry, what? Brett. Okay, so my first pick. Uh, actually, I cheated a little bit because I did a double movie. Oh, that's okay. So, um, what I did, um, my first pick, I wanted to do something that was sentimental to me that um, I personally love, like watching maybe around this time of year, or that it was a very like influential movie um, in my life, and that would have to go to the Ring slash Ringu. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um. I feel like you can't really talk about this one without spoiling a little bit, but you know a movie. I feel like I always talk about like these kind of rite of passage films. I feel like The Ring was very much one to me. I remember watching it with my parents and being transfixed by it, like not even lying. Um, It's very, so obviously The Ring is a um, 2002 remake of a Japanese movie called Ringu, which was made in 1998, which was based off a book um, by Koji Suzuki Ring that came out um, in 91. Um, And so it's just this great movie. Um, So The Ring remake is very atmospheric. Um, Basically put, 
this journalist, Rachel, her niece had died and it was a very awful tra traumatic death. Like the girl was young. She was only like 17 and she kind of investigates and finds out that there's a urban legend going around that you watch this video and after you watch it, you die in the seven days. Well, she tracks down the video and she watches it. And of course the movie goes from there. It's very atmospheric, very cool. Um, okay. I won't say it, but there, okay, there's a scene. Everyone who even hasn't seen the movie probably knows the scene I'm speaking of. And I remember watching this fucking movie and literally with my parents in the room being scared out of my mind. Like, it's probably, like, humorous. Like, if someone wants to go back and watch this movie now, and you know the scene I'm talking about, if they watch it now, they probably think it was funny. But at the time, it literally scared the shit out of me. Like, I could not go anywhere near a TV. Like, <laughs> So, my sister watched a sleepover. None of the girls would go to sleep afterwards. And she literally stayed up for seven days. And my mom was like, it's really okay. And she was like, no, 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 it's not. And she's probably like 13 or 14, I feel like. Yeah. And so then I wasn't allowed to watch it. And I, I think I... I have rewatched the first one, but I did see the second one in theaters. The second one, it was actually one of my best movie going experiences because it wasn't that good. It was actually kind of not great. Um, but um, the audience was making fun of it the whole time and it was kind of just awesome. So like, I, I don't know if you've ever been to like a movie theater where people are actually participating in the movie, especially yeah. like scary movies, um, but it was really fun. Um, which I don't know, like, I guess, I guess we could go into spoilers and just, like, mark it. So if we end up doing this movie, we'll have something to talk about later. But if yeah. you want to go into spoilers, you can. I'm going to notate it right now. Yes. Yeah, so, um, of course, like, the spoiler scene. First off, I'm going to say, so in both Ringu and The Ring, they actually showed the curse videotape. And to this day, to this day. This is how much this movie has affected my psyche. If I see a really fucking weird video on YouTube, I'm kind of scared that I'm going to die seven days later. Yeah, I don't watch those. Also, like, I don't like ladies like ladies with long black hair brushing their hair. I'm like, eh. That's, okay, so that's what's really, really cool. So now I know this because I love Japanese folklore as a child. And now I know specifically the Samara Morgan slash Sadako character um, is an onryo which in Japanese folklore is a vengeful spirit. And usually they are women that are murdered or wrong in some way. So mm -hmm. it's like these, it's these women spirits that like, they're so vengeful and so mad that they can harm or kill the living, which is like really terrifying and really badass. And I feel like maybe as a child, that's something that may have affected me too, is that we see I love ghost movies. I say ghost movies probably scare me more than any other type of movie just because I am a very, I was a very sensitive child. I would see things. I had a very strong intuition about things. So I think there's something more innate in me that made me scared of ghost movies. So there is a scene in the ring it is the most famous thing out of the movie where seven days later, they think they found the body in both versions. They found Sadako's body. They found Samara's body. And they're just like, the curse is lifted because we found the body. Everything's okay. And then Rachel's ex-boyfriend, who's um, who's Aguasagua's ex-husband, Ringu, they're kind of like doing their thing, chilling. 
and her TV just turns on, and they're like, oh, shit, this is weird. And then they see the well, which is how both Curse videotapes in. It's just the well. And slowly, Sadako, or Samar, depending on what version you're watching, just crawls out of the well. And like every single stupid-ass protagonist in a movie, they're just frozen in fear as she slowly climbs out of the TV set. And I literally felt watching this for the first time like I was going to die. Yeah, it, it gives me chills even now. However, yeah. one of my favorite funny movies, like I probably have watched this movie like 15 times, if not more, is Scary Movie 3. <laughs> and the central plot of Scary Movie 3 it, well, it's both The Ring, but also um, 8 Mile. So, <laughs> two great movies of the time. Um, and that's probably my favorite. Anna Ferris is also... Well, she I think she's in most of the first ones. But Anna Ferris is, like, the Naomi Watts character in Scary Movie 3. But it's funny. So, like, I feel like I, I remember more of that, of The Ring stuff, than that. Because I think I've maybe watched The Ring all the way through once. But I've watched The Ring 2 a couple times because it was so fun. I also watched Rings, the remake. It's terrible. Yeah, I heard it's it was so terrible. bad. As a fan of the series, I couldn't even bring myself to watch it because I heard it was so bad. It's really bad. You know, the only bad news about these movies is Ring, the Ring is on Showtime right now. Yeah. But I can't find Ringu anywhere. Ringu is on Shudder. Is it? Because I tried, and it said Ringu Zero, so I didn't think that was the right one. Oh, so it's, uh, it had Ringu Zero, but Ringu is on Shutter too. It should have a red, um, a red like. Let me try it again. Screen. Yeah, because I I uh, I actually rewatched it for. It's R I N G U, right? Yeah. It's on Shutter. Um, Ringu is also on the Arrow Video Channel, which you can also uh, get a free uh, monthly subscription to. Um, Ringu is very atmospheric. Like, I can definitely appreciate Ringu. It is an amazing movie. Um, I would say the Ring, to me, is probably a little bit scarier. But Ringu, I mean, is definitely chilling. Like, it definitely builds this this tension. There's this palpable tension throughout the whole movie, which I definitely appreciate in Ringu. And of course, because I love um, the movie so much, when the books were finally published in America, that was my mom's Easter gift to me in one year, was Koji Suzuki. So yeah, so I've read the Ring novel too, which is interesting, and that is something, spoiler alert, that is very prevalent in this series, is what would a parent do to save their child? Um, Yeah. Which is also really... When you think about the the endings of these films in retrospect, it's very much about a mother's journey. Even in the original book, it was a father. It wasn't a mother. But still, it's very much about a parent and what they're willing to do to save their child. So. By the way, uh, Ringu may or may not be on YouTube for free. Just oh. letting everyone know. Da, da, da. Um, may or may not. Cannot confirm nor deny. But it may or may not be on YouTube. Um, yeah, I really want to see Ringu, and I've never gotten to see Ringu, but I've, I always, like, saw it in the Blockbuster video store, and <laughs> I was like, oh, it looks soupy. Yeah. Um, I didn't think The Grudge was very scary, though. Um, at least the remake. I didn't yeah. think it was very, I would like to see Juwan. Juwan is, I think, on Shutter right now. Um, but yeah, I kind of, so, the beginning, where the girl gets, like, taken, this isn't really a spoiler for The Grudge, because it's, like, like the first five minutes of the movie um 
the beginning where the girl gets like taken up into the attic and like her feet are dangling. We used to call that scene the swimmer because she looks like she's trying to swim. And I don't know why it just made me laugh and maybe nervous laughter. I saw it with my friend Chandra and we were like, we were like 15 and 14. So like not, we weren't drinking at all, but we were like uh, staying up all night watching scary movies. And so we were very, uh, like giddy because it was like three in the morning we were watching it and like from the moment the first person jumps off a balcony which is very sad i don't know why it was comical to us but now i can't get through that movie being scared i just laugh at it so i feel bad because like i rewatched it like as an adult and i was kind of like hey i get why people were scared of it but i would just like make the weird noise and like scare people and like i used to make the uh that noise i'm not gonna make it here because it will give people traumatic flashbacks um, but I used to make that creepy noise that the girl makes to a couple of my friends in uh, like college, and they would not be okay with it. Um, the other thing I do want to mention about The Ring is that um, The Ring was the first in a series of very many J-Har films that were remade in America. So there was actually like a J-Har boom in America where we remade mm-hmm. all these movies. So it yeah. was like The Ring, The Grudge, Dark Water, One Missed Call, um, you know, so all these like, and they all got worse. Yeah, exactly. worse. None of them were as good as the Ring. Like the Ring out of all the J-Har films that were remade in America, like the Ring is definitely the most solid entry. So yeah, um, yeah, I definitely think the Ring is probably because I did rewatch the original Ring and I was like, oh, it actually is really scary. Um, Ring two is not very scary. Yeah, <laughs> at all. Ring two is kind of like they explain too much and you're like, it's not scary anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if you want the feel of the ring and to know all the memes about the ring, but you're a scaredy cat, watch Scary Movie 3. Highly recommend. My number two pick. Um, so I'm, I am labeling this the underrated gem. So there was a movie. Um, long story short, my mom introduced me to a lot of great movies. My mom and my dad both did. But my mom introduced me to a lot of classic movies. And... She had rented this movie from the library, and I remembered being so absolutely terrified watching this movie. I also have a ghost story. I can't tell you guys about it because it was spoiled uh, plot elements of this movie, but it also I had a very similar ghost story that has some things similar to this movie. But I remember watching this movie, and I was so scared. And um, I was thinking about it lately. Um, we do have it on DVD. Only on DVD. But it's also streaming. Um, it's also on the Shutter app. Um, so I was watching this on the Shutter app. And I was like, is it as scary as I remember? I got cold chills watching this movie. I'm excited to know which one it is. I'm 31 years old. I saw this movie for the first time when I was like seven. And I got cold chills watching it again. So it's a 1980 Canadian horror film called The Changeling. Oh my god, I've been wanting to watch that. I've never seen it, but I've been wanting to watch it. It is so good. So George C. Scott is in it. He plays the main character. Uh, He is a phenomenal actor. He grounds the story. The story is very beautiful and devastating. And and the opening scenes of the movie, it's not a spoiler alert. It happens within the first four minutes of the movie. He loses his wife and child in a very tragic accident. And so he rents this old home, this old kind of mansion, um, as a music composer. And something at the mansion 
I won't spoil it. Something at the mansion decides to reach out to him. Oh my god. Probably because he is involved in grief and he's maybe willing to see things and willing to understand things. So, without spoiling anything, there is a seance scene. This movie was filmed in 1980. There is a seance scene in this movie. No tricks. It is just very well filmed like well filmed written and acted scene that's more terrifying than probably anything modern i've seen in years that's how scary this is and culture is it scarier than have you seen um shit penny dreadful i haven't seen penny dreadful you haven't seen it oh never mind there's a seance scene that gets kind of creepy too yeah. It's really good. Honestly, Penny Dreadful's really good. Uh, and Timothy Dalton is in it. And I love Timothy Dalton. Everyone's good in it. But for some reason, Timothy Dalton just adds some class. But I, I've i never seen The Changeling. And it's been on my list. And I didn't really... I've kind of kept myself in the dark about what it's about. Mm-hmm. So I, that sounds very interesting. I want to... And it is, it is on the Shutter app on Amazon Prime, too. If you have it through Amazon Prime like I have it. So that's pretty cool. Also, by the way, uh, apparently Severin is one of the dis- distribution companies. They also distributed Birdemic, Shock and Terror, a really famously, hilariously bad movie. So I own it on DVD. Um, <laughs> I was like, why do I know that like production company logo? And I was like, oh my God, it's at the beginning of Birdemic. So yeah. I don't know if they just get older movies and pro- and like re-release them. There's a couple like, I think Alamo... Draft is it Alamo Draft House? I know that's a that's a, a whatchamacallit, a movie theater chain, but there is like a draft house films that does that too. Like they take really bad, like old movies, specifically funny, bad old movies, and they re-release them. So maybe Severin does something with movies that have been kind of lost to time. Yeah. But that's interesting. George C. Scott did a lot of very like troubling movies. Because yeah. isn't he in what is that movie he's in where, like, they show him, like, videos of his daughter, like, in pornography? Oh, I'm not sure. I know he's in 12 Angry Men. That's, like, one of the first things I think of. There's one, because I feel like, I don't know. It's like a, I think it's George C. Scott. I think I'm, th- now I can't remember what the movie's called. Oh, it's the movie Hardcore. But I don't know. It is George C. Scott. Okay, it's the movie Hardcore, where it's like a father searching for his daughter, and she vanished only to appear in a pornographic film. Oh, man. And Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver, wrote it. Oh, wow. There's this scene of him, like, in this pornography theater, and he's just, like, coming apart. And it's like, it's a really powerful acting scene. I don't think you actually see the pornography. You just hear it. But he is just like being ripped apart because also his daughter like vanished. So it's like, I don't know what else happens in the movie. It's just a very famous scene. So George C. Scott has had some really famously devastating roles and very, very amazing roles in the past. So I, I'm, I'm excited about what The Changeling is. So even if we don't pick that one to review, I definitely want to watch it. Yes. Because it sounds spoopy. It's amazing. Um, it, I do want to say there may be a little bit of a trigger warning. Okay. 
Um, without spoiling the plot, it's not it's not rape. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. But uh, once we figure, once we find out the audience was tr- who's trying to reach out to him, I think it's largely upsetting. Um, I mean, I kind of teared up. I I knew what was happening in this movie. I still kind of teared up at the emotional devastation of what happened um, and what is trying to reach out to him. I mean, it's an absolutely beautiful film, and I love ghost stories. And I will, without going to spoil, once again, I feel like this movie also deals with kind of a vengeful ghost, um, which I think is really cool um, that I managed to somehow land two movies on my list that have kind of similar themes, even though one is very Western and one is very Eastern. Um, but yeah, amazing movie. Um, Y'all need to see it. Even if we don't review it for the podcast, please go watch this movie. It's great. It's atmospheric. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, I love that I was able to watch it again 10, 15 years later for the first time and still felt a lot of the same things I felt watching it for the first time. I I think that speaks a lot for a movie. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. I was going to say, too, like the vengeful spirit thing. I forgot to say this when we were talking about The Ring, but the newest episode of Lovecraft Country um, takes place in Korea, but there's like a one of the main characters is like a vengeful female spirit trapped in a human body, and she like steals men's souls. And I can't remember what the term is, but she said it several times. And it's it's mostly in Korean, except when English speaking people are, which I found it very cool that they actually had everyone speaking Korean the whole episode, unless they were American and couldn't speak Korean. So I was like, yes. And it's like, and honestly, like the costuming, the sets are beautiful in that episode. I I find like the CGI wasn't, was, it seemed like it was better this time too, but there wasn't a lot of CGI, but like, it was a very interesting look about like vengeful spirits. So you might, you might like that episode of Lovecraft Country because I was like, I'm getting like a, like a very much like the grudge feel, but not quite. It's a different kind. It's like a fox spirit that takes, uh, they, like it's a female spirit that punishes men and they can only be like um, called forth after like something terrible a man's done and then like they have to take souls um, by like seducing them so interesting and it was very good uh, and the actress who played this person who was also the spirit did a really good job and I hope that character comes back because I I, I found it fascinating it was maybe one of my favorite episodes so far if you haven't gotten into love lovecraft country yet on hbo and you like j-horror k-horror uh asian horror um there's there's some cool like mythology stuff going on and that's kind of like lovecraft country kind of plays with mythologies of like you know american lovecraftian and then like now they're doing like korean mythology which i think is fun so it's cool yeah but um but yeah vengeful women that's cool i'm excited i want to watch the change like i'm a little afraid to watch it by myself though yeah i uh i literally i I don't know i'm gonna be kind of like sad if you're like oh i watched it and i mean it was okay but i was like I was, and I'm not saying, like, it's a perfect movie, like, from start to finish, but what I am saying is that, like, it's a good movie, it's a solid movie, and there's literally scenes in it that send chills up my spine. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it creeped me the fuck. 
I, I mean, it's just really, really good. And I, I can't wait to talk with you about it. Even if we don't do it for the podcast, if you just go, I've seen this movie, I can't wait to talk with you about it just to see how you felt yeah. about it. I, I like that. It, it's an interesting premise. Yeah. And also, it's like from the 70s. No, it's 80, but like it's like the late 70s. That was like a really good time for horror movies. Like, I feel like, was Ghostbusters released in 80? Mid-80s, I think. Mid-80s. Which is, a, it's more of a horror comedy, but I love Ghostbusters. It's always a Halloween tradition for me. Um, so I feel like, if I'm remembering correctly, we have a few Canadian listeners. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to do a Canadian horror film. Even if it is it a- would. Oh, yeah. Okay, Changeling is Canadian. Okay. There's a lot of good Canadian out there. I had a Canadian horror movie, too, on my list. Ginger you Snaps did. was. Ginger Snaps. There's, there's some horror because there's so much, like undiscovered wilderness in Canada I think people get very like isolated and they have like good imaginations I feel like maybe I'm crazy but I feel like there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of Canada and then they bring it to the United States and we appreciate it you know thank you for Ryan Reynolds (laughs) uh it's really funny so um long story short uh we had a guy stop we uh when we first started working at target target actually opened target canada which was one of the biggest oh. one of the big i heard about that yeah yeah and so target actually had a shirt and like so when you're a team member at target you can buy target shirts and wear them to target so they had a target like the bullseye hearts and then they had a maple leaf so it was like oh. bullseye heart maple leaves like target loves canada and taylor wore this shirt all the time because he loves canada and uh people goes the cat or the country the country like well this was before we got the cat like this was before why does why does taylor love canada so much i'm uh, curious i've never been but i i I have a lot of like people i follow on youtube and stuff that are canadian like i always find that like i'm drawn to people who are canadian and i'm like why i don't i don't know they're canadian when i start watching them yeah so taylor actually um his uh so the man who was married to his mom when he was a child um, was a truck driver, and Taylor would go with him on road trips, and they actually drove for Canada a few times. So I think t- Taylor has really good memories of, like, driving for Canada and kind of seeing mm-hmm. what Canada looked like and the beauty. So he always says, like, Canada. So he actually adopted Canada a week before we started dating. And um, he goes, I don't know what I'm going to name her. And I said, honestly, I'm surprised you're not naming her Canada. Oh. And it's a joke. But, yeah, so – but. Her name is Canada. We call her Canny. Our Candy Cans. That's actually the two names she usually is called. Um, her long name is Candy Cans from Biscuit Land. But um, but yeah, that's our baby. Uh, I I I definitely want to see the Changeling, even if we don't review it this time. We should definitely do it because it sounds interesting. Yes, yes. And so uh, love the Changeling. So yeah, and uh, it is on Shutter, or as Katie mm-hmm. likes to say, uh, Shutter for the Prime app. So yeah, yes. please watch it. Um, it's great. It's a classic. It's underrated, and I'm sad more people don't know about it. But if you were to look up the best haunted house scary movies, usually the Changeling does make that list. So it people do recognize it as a great haunted house movie, as a great scary ghost story. It just seems for whatever reason we also don't know many people that watch it. Yeah, Chase. it's definitely been on my watch list for a long time, so I'm excited. Yes, and when you have a parent, that's that's the luck for me is that having a parent that grew up in a certain era, my mom was 
was raised in the 60s and 70s and watched a lot of movies in the 80s. So I, I have this expansive knowledge of those movie decades because of my mother and my father. The third movie is a classic. Um, I know Katie's seen this movie. I feel like most people who listen to our podcast, 98% chance they've seen this movie. I feel like I have to mention it. I actually got into an argument with my brother the other day about this movie. I got really pissed. I'm like, well, I'm definitely putting it on the list now. So, um, and it is 1960 Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. <gasps> it was almost on my list, but it's not streaming anywhere. Hey, uh, Psycho. Where did you find it? Oh, it's on the Peacock app. Oh, okay. I don't have the Peacock app yet. So I might have free. to get it. Yeah, so it is pretty ah! amazing. It is literally like an app, kind of like Hulu, that has movies on it. So go figure. I'm so excited. I love Psycho. Psycho is another one of those movies. I feel like you can't really talk a lot about it. Um, no, you shouldn't because you shouldn't know any. Okay, this is just me doing a spoiler warning. If you've never seen Psycho, do not spoil it for yourself. It is so much better if you have no idea what's going on in that movie. It's yes. so good. In fact, the marketing for the movie specifically told people, don't tell people about this movie. Just tell them to go see it. Because yeah. it is one of those movies. Like, if you know what's happening, it's still entertaining. But it's so much better if you don't know what's going to happen. Oh, it's so good. Yes. Even now, it's so good. It is so good. We actually, uh, one of the best nights I've had in the couple, the last couple of years is it's been about three years ago now. And it was, I want to say it was October 30th. So of course it was the day before Halloween, the Alabama theater, which is actually a local theater, pretty close to where we live at. It's a classic movie theater that was kind of built during the golden age of Hollywood. Um, but they will occasionally, they will screen classic movies. Um, they're mostly known in October for, like, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. They do that every year. But this year, about three years ago, they did Psycho. And they had the Alabama Symphony Orchestra play the music in tune with the movie live. Oh, that's awesome. Which, the music is the one that I was talking about last week that um, Reanimator basically rips off the beginning yeah. of Reanimators. Like, it's literally the same music. Oh. oh my god, to literally see that. So, and the opening scene when Miriam gets in the car and it's like, dun, 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 dun. and like you could see the little conductor just like waving his hands. It's a very heavy uh, shrink uh, score. So, it's like all these like violins and cellos and stuff. And it's, it's like awesome. Like, once you hear that music, you will always associate with that movie. Like, it's just like, I think they yeah. even still play at the Academy Awards sometimes, like in intermissions and stuff. Yeah. They also, like, the movie was very famous. Like, I don't think this is going to spoil everything. Kind of risque. Yeah. Because you, there is someone taking a shower in, in the movie, and you don't actually see anything, but everyone was always convinced they see things, but you don't actually see anything um, of note. The other thing is, like, it was one of the first movies to have a toilet flush yes. in it. Supposedly, movie with a toilet on screen. Yeah, which is just bizarre. And there's also like this isn't really gonna spoil anything, but like in the beginning of the movie, like you see Marion having like a rendezvous with her boyfriend, and she's unmarried, and she's like in her slip with her boyfriend. They've obviously just had sex. Oh my yeah, god! Oh yeah. And it's like the late fifties, early sixties, and so it's very like it's very like honest. 
And like, I, Alfred Hitchcock kind of went into the movie being like, I want to make some trash. Like, yeah. and it's not trash at all. It is an incredibly well-crafted piece of suspense. Well, but he just did, he wanted to shock the shit out of people. Basically. Yeah, he did. And it was mine. It is mind blowing to people. But um, Psycho is very, very loosely based on a real serial killer named Ed Ging, who incidentally also inspired Letterface and also inspired Buffalo Bill from the Silence of the Lambs. So he was pretty shitty. And yeah. he was from Wisconsin. Yes. So, and that's a, I think that was a thing. So the movie nowadays is probably tame i would say pretty tame by most films comparisons but me and my brother got into an argument because once again this was a movie we saw growing up Mm -hmm. um you too i actually saw this movie pretty young yeah and it's scary i mean and there is violent scenes but it's just tame compared to the violence we see in scary movies nowadays but it's a classic we owe so many modern horror movies to this movie and he was convinced that our my nephew his son He's like, oh, that's you don't have to worry about watching that one. It's not that great. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not that great? Like, this is the most classic of the classics. Like, what? So, and that just kind of simplified <laughs> that I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it was kind of one of those movies that I was like, it may have not been my classic pick. But after that conversation, like, this is definitely my classic pick. This is, movie is so important to <laughs> the landscape of horror and yes. thrillers. Absolutely. I will say Rear Window is my favorite Hitchcock movie. I don't think Rear Window is as scary. I just like the characters of Rear Window. It's honestly quite enjoyable, even though it is a murder mystery, but it's kind of funny. Um, Also, Grace Kelly and Jimmy Stewart and, um, oh, I can't remember her name, but the lady that plays the nurse. Oh, I'm so mad I can't remember her name. She's one of my favorite actresses. She was also in... She's been in a bunch of my favorite movies, but she was, like, one of those actresses that didn't make it big until she was older. And she's just hilariously. Um, but um, I really think Psycho did more for cinema. Yeah. And I really, I, I love that movie. Also, by the way, so you can rent it on Amazon Prime if you don't have Peacock. Um, awesome. But you will have to pay for it. The other thing is all of the psycho uh don't watch the 1998 version which is available on stars Gus Van Sant yeah which everyone's kind of confused if Gus Van Sant was like purposefully making a bad remake because he literally made a shot for shot remake with bad casting choices Vince Vaughn plays Norman Bates it's terrible um it's really bad um, but he just made a shot-for-shot shot remake, and I think a lot of people were like, I think he just did it because he could, and he didn't think it was good when he made it. It was kind of a joke, um, but that's a very expensive joke. Um, that one's no good. Watch the original Black and White. But Psycho 2 and Psycho 3 and Psycho 4, which most have uh, the original Norman Bates in it. Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins, whose son, Oz Perkins, was in Legally Blonde and is now a very acclaimed horror director. He yes. directed I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. And he also directed the uh, Black Coat's Daughter and the new Hansel and Gretel. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty prolific. Yeah. Um, and he writes a lot of them, too. And I will say, I've seen the I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House or Haunts the House or something. It's a very long title. It is quite good. It has some really good performances. And it's very slow moving, but it is very creepy. It does give you the creeps. But 
Oz Perkins also, he's like the dorky guy in Elle's um, study group in Legally Blonde that she sticks up for for the girls. And he's also in this terrible movie called Quigley, which stars, um, oh shit, Gary, what's his face? Gary Busey as like a person who gets trapped in a dog's body. And I discovered that movie a long time ago. Me and a bunch of my friends watched it and it was really stupid and funny. And then Red Letter Media found it eventually. And they kept, they keep joking every time they review an Oz Perkins horror movie. They're like, you know, from Quigley, Oz Perkins. But he's actually, I think he's a great director. He does a lot of really cool stuff. But Anthony Perkins, unfortunately, Anthony Perkins was too good at playing Norman Bates. And it kind of pigeonholed him as a creepy character when really he could have been a leading man character. I think he's an extremely accomplished actor. And he actually directs one of, I can't remember which one, but he directs one of the sequels. And like, it's one where like, I've heard, I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen scenes from it. And it's very visually stunning, the one that he directs. But, like, his performance is kind of eh, because I think he was, like, spread too thin. Um, But he just really wanted to get into directing. So he was like, I'll do another Psycho sequel if you do it. But I've heard the second one's really good. And the fourth one, I think, is the one where it has flashbacks of him and his mom. And it's apparently pretty good, too. So, like, you can watch the sequels as well. I don't, they're not as good as the original one. To my knowledge, the ones I've seen bits and pieces of all of them. I, I don't think they're going to be as good as the original Psycho. But I think if you like, if you're, I don't say like the character of Norman Bates, but if you're interested in the character of Norman Bates, um, I think it's a very, it, it's cool to go down that rabbit hole, especially for Halloween. Because some of them are really stupid and some of them are really interesting. So, and some of them are scary. So, yeah, I, I love Psycho. It's one of my favorite like Halloween movies, and it is older, yeah. Um, but it's still really scary, honestly. Especially if you have no idea what you're getting yourself into when you watch it the first time. Yeah. And I, that's exactly what it was. So the first time I saw it as a kid, like I had no idea. And the ending scene, which you know exactly which one I'm talking yeah. about, Katie, um, is a juxtaposition of who we're seeing and the voice we're hearing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is a great so directing. It that's the scariest part. Yeah, I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, it's ha- oh it's ha- it happened, but I won't say what happened. But it is really fucking scary. And I mean, like the other movie that's really old that really scared me as a kid was Dracula, and it wasn't Dracula. It was the guy. It might have been Harker. Har- Harper. What is this? Harker. Harker. Uh, James, yeah, James, James Harker. Harker. I was like, what the fuck is his last name? You know what I'm talking about. His, like, ser- slave servant, like, the person who's under his control. Like, there's this scene on, on the boat on the way to England or whatever. And he just looks like an insane person. And, like, not that insane people are scary, but, like, he looked scary. There was something evil about him, and I did not like it. And it that stuck with me more than Dracula did. Nosferatu kind of scared me. I watched that when I was pretty young. I think my parents let us watch Nosferatu and dracula and frankenstein and then i got to watch rocky horror and psycho with my friend julia for halloween one year it was like the last year i trick-or-treated like i think i was like a freshman in high school and i dressed it up as i dressed up as galinda not glenda the good witch i was galinda from wicked because wicked had just come out and i was a musical theater dork so everyone was like who are you and i was like i'm glenn i'm galinda from Wicked. Now everyone would know who it is, but like it was right when it came out, so only theater dorks were into Wicked at the time. 
incidentally, one of the last years I trick or treat. So I uh, actually, when I was talking about my list that I was making tonight, I was talking to my good friend Stephanie, and the reaction made me feel so good. She had, she goes, "What? That is so cool." Um, so I was obsessed with the ring, as we had just discussed uh, when I was. You play the ring girl. I we was, should be her, and I'll be Naomi Watts. I literally did Samara for. <gasps> so I went to school. I actually we went to the thrift store. We found the white dress. We took it outside. We got it dirty. <laughs> I put baby oil in my hair, which was an awful idea, but yeah. it gave me a very slick, like wet look. Next and, time, just get some John Frieda or the that silk stuff. Yes, like need. that would have been a better choice, but I I did I didn't know. I didn't know. I ironed my hair once. There's no judgment here. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but I went to school because there was a costume contest. And I literally, like, before I went to school, I was this kid. I was very theatrical. Obviously, I was meant to be a theater major later in life. I flipped my hair over my face and I shuffled into school. Like, with my hair over my face, I literally heard multiple screams. As I, I mean, that is, especially right when it came out, that would frighten the, that would scare the shit out of me. No, it seriously, we should dress film. up for like a for like a photo op. I'll be Naomi Watts on the phone, and you be you be Samara Samara, whatever her name is. Yeah, just I I should have not cut my hair because I got my hair cut really short. It used to be a lot longer. You could we could get extensions in there or just a really long wig. Yes, we should. Like that would be a really fun photo op for like I'm just like sitting on a couch like hi, and you're just like behind me. Or coming yeah. out of the TV and I'm like standing in front of the TV like, ha So it's literally a photo I lost in the fire, but my mom and my dad <gasps> were willing to humor me. So they had a static TV screen and like there's a little 14 year old me in front of the ground on the, with like my hair over my oh, face. Yeah. I bet we could, I bet we could edit it. That would be a fun, that would be a fun like picture for the podcast too. Yeah. It's like putting us in like different parts and then there'll be like an episode where I'm. I don't know who's who's a blonde person who's a serial killer. Oh, oh, you know who uh, I could be? Eileen Warnos. That's the first one that I, I went. To. Yeah, I don't want to be a real serial killer. I want to be a yeah. cutie one. Yeah, but okay. I could be Kathy Bates from Misery. Oh, I could hobble your legs, Britt. Oh God, not really. But <laughs> by the way, the legs in Misery were sacks of Jello. So don't worry. No one actually broke God, your that ankle. That shit is scary, though. That is really scary. That I love scary. that movie. The books work. Uh, I know the book she cuts his leg off. I didn't know that. Yeah, I haven't gotten quite to that part. But uh, again, it's Stephen King. I know what happens. I just like, I like experiencing it. Um, but Stephen King novels are very long. So I like, I literally got through the first chapter and it took me like two hours. And I was like, what? And again, I was listening to an audio book and I was like, what the fuck? Maybe I got through two chapters, but it took like a good two hours. I was like, this is not that long of a book. Why are the chapters so long, Stephen King? I don't know. It's just he writes and writes and writes and writes. And then he's just like, yeah, I'm good. I don't know if it's because maybe he writes for a really long time and then he'll take a break. Because I feel like some writers probably like a chapter a day and that maybe that's why they have short chapters. I don't know. Harry Potter's like in between. It's not a super long chapter, but it's not super short. But I always find that Stephen King novel, the chapters are interminable. It's not like you're not enjoying the ride, but you're just like, you're expecting a chapter break. And it never happens. So, whatever. He's weird. Anyways, but Misery is 
legit terrifying. I love that movie, though. And <laughs> Fatal Attraction. Oh, God, yeah. I love Fatal Attraction, too. Which is not really a horror movie, but yeah. it's still spoopy. Yeah, depending on who you ask it, if you ask a single man, or if you ask a married man, yeah, it's probably a horror movie. Yeah, don't cheat on your wife, idiot. Like, I'm just like, I'm sorry. The fact that the part, (laughs) I'm just getting off on a tangent. But the thing that makes me so mad about Fatal Attraction is there's nothing wrong with his marriage. He's not wanting for anything. He's just a selfish asshole. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, what a dick. It's Um, Which you should hate him and not Glenn Close's character. She is scary. Yeah. But more because it's so real and you're like, yeah, that's what happens when you fuck around with people. You Dan. I I know we talked on the podcast about this before, but if Fatal Attraction had been made nowadays, I feel like it would have been a very different movie because Glenn Close, God bless her, is a phenomenal actress. And so when she actually did Fatal Attraction, she researched that character role and she was taking the script. And dissecting things. And actually went to like a psychologist. And she was like why would my character react to certain things. Like she sees him with his family. And she violently throws up. And there's just things like that. She's like why would why would I react. She wanted to get to the bottom of that character. And the conclusion that a therapist had helped her come to. Is that this character was molested. Or sexually abused early on in her life. And so the original script had her cutting her throat. And blaming it on him. And so it's a suicide. It would have been a better ending, yes. And they they were like, oh, but we don't want to do that ending. The audience wants her blood. It's more rewarding to the audience for her to be shot by the wife. And I'm like, you know what? Now nowadays, I mean, not saying we don't have movies that are um, that like cater to the audience, but I feel nowadays we would be willing to take a chance more on doing psychological things. Yeah, it depends who directed it. Like. David oh, Ari Aster or David Eggers. I'm sorry, Robert yeah. Eggers. I'm sorry. Robert Eggers. Why do I Robert Eggers. I love Robert Eggers. Please I'm don't sorry, Robert. Us. Please cast me in your movie, Robert Eggers. I don't care if I'm oh, David nobody. Mitchell. David Mitchell is probably who I David would. Mitchell, too. Uh, David, what? It's like he's through. David Robert Mitchell. David Robert God. Mitchell. Yeah. Sorry, we're tired. So if like David Robert Mitchell or. Um, or even like uh, the Nightingale director, what's her name? Oh, um, uh, who did who did Duke? Yeah. Any of those directors, Ari Aster, I think they would be. Jennifer. I think Ari Aster. Jennifer. Jennifer, yes, Jennifer or something. Kent. Kent, yes. I was like, it's a one syllable thing. It's not Jennifer Cook. Yeah. Um, I think some of those directors would probably be very um open to that kind of a look. I like, especially Jennifer Kent. I think she'd do a good job because Baba Duke like really looked at mental illness and grief and like depression and took it in a horror bent. Um, but then she was very realistic when it came to Nightingale. So I feel like she would do a really good job. Um, or Ari Aster too. I think Robert Eggers would too as well. Cause like, but he, Robert Eggers is more interested in fantasy. Yeah. Like he likes having mythology in his. So I don't know if he would, it's, it's a little boring for him. Not that it's boring, but like, I think it would be more if, like, it was if it was like a vengeful goddess. It'd be one thing. Oh, that could work. Oh, hey. Oh, maybe it takes place in Japan and she's a vengeful spirit. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Oh, she. See, the thing is, she commits suicide, but then she comes back to haunt him. Like, yeah. Scary. Like, yeah. We just wrote a horror movie, Brett. Yeah, she she comes because she remember she was pregnant with his baby. A lot of people argue that, but that's actually in the script that it's meant that she is supposed to be pregnant with the baby. Yeah, pregnant with your baby, commit suicide. Ooh, bitch. Yeah, 
Yeah, that like they kind of like that loses the plot. Like it kind of like disappears, and I'm like, but was she pregnant? I really wanted to know, and they never resolve it in the script, like in the yeah movie. Yeah, um, yeah, I love Fatal Attraction. I mean, I also love Psycho, but I really didn't want to spoil Psycho, and I feel like Fatal Attraction. It's not about what happens in Fatal Attraction. It's like the action of the actors is really what moves it. Glenn Close is amazing in that movie, and she honestly did take it seriously. And like I think her she has family members who have a lot of mental illnesses and and she's been very outspoken about victims of mental illness and like getting treatment and being open about treatment. So I find that she's like she took that role very seriously and she was trying to be respectful. And I feel like the producers were like, eh, we gotta sensationalize it. She's crazy. And I'm like, but Dan's the one that is an asshole. I always think that's, like, the most heartbreaking scene in that movie. And I'm, I want to say this. It's not that I agree with Glenn Close's actions in the movie. I'm not like, oh, yeah, like, she was totally justified and, you know, fucking wrecking havoc on his life. But at the same time, it's like, I do feel like I do have some sympathy with the character, even though it's messed up to say. But I always think of the Madame Butterfly scene. Yes, I was going to say that. Yeah, like, that's the scene that I always go to in my yeah. head when you know something's wrong it's not just an anger it's a sadness too yeah fatal attraction is one you should definitely see yes so i think that uh we're gonna move onward to my fourth movie my fourth movie i called this like the mood setter um so uh-huh. this is a movie i kind of not like a sexual mood just like a kind of like it puts you like in like a kind of melancholy I don't know, depressed, like Halloween. The only thing is, is that this movie um, takes place. It's in a very snowy landscape. Um, You're probably thinking I'm going with The Thing. It's not The Thing, even though that was a very close contender. The Um, Shining. uh, We already did The Shining, so. But um, this movie has a very snowy landscape. But I actually went to adult trick-or-treating last year on Halloween, and it was one of the coldest days of the year. I was freezing the entire time i was in a uh gwen stacy spider woman outfit and it was miserable uh so halloween can be cold um what i love about this movie i'm about to talk about it's very atmospheric uh it's absolutely gorgeous it's one of the most gorgeous movies i've seen i mean when we're talking about like gorgeous i'm talking about like portrait of a lady on fire gorgeous like scenes um and this is 2008 uh let the right one in Oh, I've been wanting to see that one so much. Oh, yay. Um, Let the Right One In is a Swedish horror film. Uh, It is about a very lonely 12-year-old named Oscar who's bullied at school. And he meets another child, or he believes she is a child, named Eli. And, uh, yeah, they form a friendship. But she's not a child. And that's not something. Spoilers. That, that is something that um, I feel like is relatively early on. Oscar kind of finds out more about what's going on with her. Um, this movie, it's a scary movie. Um, there's some deeply traumatic, troubling scenes in this movie. But it's one of those horror movies that is so much more than just something scary on paper. It's very much about loneliness and especially loneliness and growing up and I feel like any child who's maybe felt like an outcast in some kind of way can understand um 
some of the things that Oscar may be feeling in this movie. And I feel like it's a movie that it's quiet. Um, now I will say this when the scares happen, they're, they're horrifying and very real. Um, there is a ending scene in the movie. Um, I'll just refer to it as the pool scene. That is one of the most beautiful scenes I ever seen in a movie, but it's scary. It's deeply unsettling. But it's just a beautiful movie. Um, I've probably seen this one five times now. And I'm just like my breath gets taken away about how beautiful some of the shots in this movie are. And it's it's a good movie. Like you feel for the characters. You like the characters. Um, so yeah. I love it. Like it's, uh, it's maybe not traditional slasher. But it definitely puts me in like this kind of like melancholy seasonal depression. Um, which not saying depression is always beautiful, but when you have, when it's a part of your life and you live with depression, sometimes you have to like let yourself go into these moods just because it's who you are. If that makes yeah. sense. As so, long as you have a way to pull yourself out. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's bittersweet too. Like this movie's cause it's also like a coming of age story. So yeah, I was like thinking, I was like, it's not like the one, it's not like a very traditional Halloween movie, but it is a movie that I would treat myself to and watch yeah and they did remake it it's good it's good it's not oh, okay. i mean it's not let the right one in good but surprisingly let me in is a solid remake oh okay uh, yeah it actually heard very harsh reviews of it yeah from like from like critics so yeah. like i knew it was terrible i just heard it was like eh, i like it but chloe grace moritz is a pretty great actress i mean she was a great child actress and i mean she plays uh i think her name is abby in the uh, american remake but i mean she does a very solid job and of course if you the the kid she was in um she was also in suspiria and, and she did a really good job there she was hit girl and kick ass and she was also carrie in the very underwhelming carrie remake yeah that uh, was pretty terrible which is why i judged her harshly and then i saw when she was in suspiria i was like oh hey yeah. Good I job. feel I feel bad for her in the Carrie remake because my thing is with Carrie, if you read Carrie, like the big thing with Carrie, I'm so sorry, but Carrie's not supposed to be attractive and Chloe Grace Moritz is too pretty of a girl. Yeah, Sissy Spacek yeah. is pretty, but she's like not traditionally pretty. Yeah. And like when she is homely, she plays homely very convincingly. Yes. But she can be like Carrie was like naturally pretty at the prom. It wasn't like She's gorgeous. And yeah, Chloe Grace Moritz is too pretty to play Carrie. And that's not her fault. It's just, yeah. you know, I don't understand. There's a, a movie which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard a lot about called Excision. And the girl that plays the lead character, like, really gets herself really ugly and gross and nasty in the movie. But, like, she also plays, like, a cheerleader on some stupid, like, CW TV show. And she's fucking gorgeous. So, like, you need an actress that can do both or just be creepy looking, you know, because there's a reason Carrie's not popular. If Carrie was pretty, I mean, I'm not saying that's everything, but I'm saying to superficial people, they would have treated her a whole lot nicer. Yeah. You know? Uh, I don't know. Carrie, the and the original Carrie's just fantastic. So Exactly. Exactly. But it's one of those movies, and it's one of those books that I think people can relate to because it's a revenge story, and a lot of people 
like revenge stories and they can relate to them. Uh, Kill Bill, obviously, is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, but yeah, at- that's a fun one. That one's yeah. fun. It's not really like traumatizing. Carrie's depressing. Yeah. But also, really, it's good. Which and- my Carrie picture is already wrapped up and packed away, so she's not. I'm not looking at her right now because I have a Carrie picture that hangs up in my office usually. That's another movie I saw very young was the original Carrie. And uh, I remember when I was a kid, the scene where uh, she makes the kid fall off his bike at the very beginning of the movie. She, like, looks at him and it's like a king. Like, I, like, like. (laughs) I actually didn't see the original Carrie until I was an adult. And I watched it and I absolutely adored it. And I was, like, automatically, like, oh, my God, where has this movie been all my life? I love it. Also, I love that the beginning of Carrie, except for a couple instances of horror with her mom and with the bicycle scene, like, it's kind of like a, just a fun high school romp. Like, it's just like, let's get Carrie a date for the prom, make her feel better. It's like an episode of Riverdale. Yeah. The first, like, few, like hours, just like, and John Travolta's an asshole, but it's still John Travolta. And also, I think we mentioned her when I mentioned Halloween but I can never remember this actress's name, but the actress with the pigtails is always chewing the gum and has a baseball hat. Yeah. Even at the prom. Like, it's just like, it's a 70s high school prom. And then all of a sudden it just turns into, like, horror. So I watched Carrie, and I watched the ending, obviously, because I watched the whole thing. And then, like, the the remake was on Netflix. So me, I feel like it was me and my friend Elizabeth. This was, like, a Halloween where, like, I dressed up as Batgirl. I had my face painted like Batgirl and went to the grocery store. And then we came back and had grown-up Halloween-themed cocktails and just stayed inside. And I only had two trick-or-treaters, and they got all my candy because they waited till the end of the night, and I had had a few cocktails. And I was like, you get all the candy, kids, because you actually showed up. And it was raining, so I couldn't really blame them. But um, I was very excited. I love having to. I can't wait. Because this Halloween, as long as everything goes well, I will, like, be in a house. And I've seen families in this neighborhood. So I'm like, I will have trick-or-treaters. Well, I don't know. But I feel like I could, even with COVID, because you don't have to interact with them. You can just leave your candy on the front porch or whatever. Or wear a mask. So I'm really excited. Anyways, sidetrack. Sorry. Um, We watched the ending. We didn't watch the whole Carrie, the remake. We just watched the ending because we were just curious like does it even compare to the original it does not at all it's actually really not very good so uh don't waste your time because the director is a director it's a woman director and i forget her name i'm so sorry but she's the director of boys don't cry so you feel like she'd be like a perfect director to helm a project like carrie i just feel like the writing didn't really offer anything new to the original story and the casting was just underwhelming and once again, like these, I mean, like even Ansel Elgort, like plays Tommy. I love Ansel Elgort. He's gorgeous. And I love him in Baby Driver. But it's still like, there wasn't really anything particularly charismatic about him, even in the Carrie remake. So, yeah, I mean, you can't really beat Piper Laurie either as a psycho mom. Yeah. Like Piper Laurie, for one, she's in, um, I think, did she, not, did she pass away recently? No, she's still alive. Heck yes. Hell yeah, Piper Laurie. Still alive. She's in Twin Peaks, and she plays this terribly bitchy woman, and I love her in it. Um, she's fantastically just an awful person, like her character. But then she, you get sympathy for her, so it ends up being interesting, because that's what David Lynch does. 
But she plays such a good psychopathic mom in Carrie. Like, I love her so much. Also, I love Brian De Palma. Yeah. So but I let the right one in. Yeah. I'm excited. I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, cause... and uh, let the right one in on Hulu. So it yes. is for me. Um, so that that's like come out of my mood setter, my like my dark kind of depressing, bittersweet pick. Um, <laughs> Do you so, want to cry this Halloween? Watch yeah. Let the Right One In. Oh, that you know what I I don't know if I cried there and let the right one in, but I do feel like I do feel a rush of different emotions when I watch Let the Right One In for sure. Um, my fifth pick is my fun movie. Um, so me and my brother watched this movie <laughs> when we were kids. Uh, I think I was like seven. He was eight. Uh, I love this movie because it is such, it's not really made to be a B movie, but it's such a B movie. It, it has a twist, like probably one third from the movie. That is, if you did not go into this movie and knew anything about it, it is so out left field. Uh, that being said, my brother is also a huge Robert Rodriguez fan. I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, and this movie was directed by Robert Rodriguez, written by Quentin Tarantino. It's 1996 from Just Till Dawn. I love this movie! <laughs> I finally saw that a few years ago. I love From Dusk Till Dawn. Also, yes. they made it into a TV series, which I watched the first two episodes, and it was pretty good. Um, it's It's a classic... Well, I guess we can say what it's... Can we say what it's about? I don't know. That's the only thing is, is that, like... So, when me and Brandon watched it as a kid, we are like, bang, bang, shoot him up movie. And, you know, and then... <laughs> it's just, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. It happens. Let's say it gets supernatural out of nowhere. It does. Also, Salma Hayek is damn sexy in that movie. She is. She does and- dance with a snake right with and a snake i want to say it's a snake it is a snake yes Thank and you. george clooney and quentin tarantino play brothers yes and actually this is probably quentin tarantino's absolute best acting performance yes which he's usually not a very good actor but he's a decent one in this one he, i believe him as the character he plays in this one so basically george clooney and him are brothers who are bank robbers and they kidnap a family to get them to this place that they need to meet somebody at as, like, cover. And who's plays the dad? Oh, it's, um... Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel is in it. And what's her face who was in the remake of Juliet Lewis? Lewis. Yeah. Juliet Lewis is in I I don't remember the son, what the actor's name is, but he's pretty that- funny. I don't think he was really in anything other than this. Or if he was, I don't really remember him. He was pretty good, though. Yeah. What is it streaming on right now? Netflix? uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, it's going to be on HBO. Okay. I can't remember where I watched the series, but there is a series. um, And it's pretty good. Um, But it's obviously not Quentin Tarantino in it. The movie's really good. I Also, Tom Savini, the very famous gore artist... Uh, makeup and gore artist um he plays a dude in the movie and he has a penis gun in his pants and it's really funny if you've, you've probably seen that everyone's seen that clip i think but he has like a gun right where his dick should be and it's hilarious um like and i he probably designed it um tom savini by the way oh my god 
P.S. I was listening to our local art- alternative radio station today on my lunch break. And <laughs> the lady, God love her. She must not be a bit much of a movie buff. But she was like, so, by the way, it's the 40th anniversary of Friday the 13th this year. And she didn't sound like this. She sounds perfectly normal. But she was like, and, and you know, like, they're going to d- socially distant show them in theaters they're going to re-release it in theaters but they're going to do it socially distantly or social distantly however we want to say that then she says oh and also they're going to be showing this documentary by this guy tom savini and he actually worked on the movie and in my head i'm like oh how do you how do you not know who tom savini is because like not only is tom savini like yes he did the makeup and like I like character work, like all the gore work for Friday the 13th. He did the gore work for like so many horror movies. He is an absolute legend in the realm of horror movies and makeup and FX. That's what I was trying to think. I was like, what is the word? Special effects makeup. Like he is amazing at it, especially with gore. He is so good at over the top gore and like, I was like, how do you not know? Like, he worked on the movie. I was like, he's Tom Savini. Oh, my God. Like, I was so pissed. But I was like, nobody else will understand why I'm upset, I guess. Because apparently nobody knows who Tom Savini is. Also, he was one of the commentators on Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Oh, yeah. So, I will always remember him. Because, like, I used to watch that religiously every October. So, like, I was like, oh, that dude. Cool. But, yeah, from Dust Till Dawn, do we want to give light spoilers? Like, give a warning and give light spoilers oh, yeah. if you've already seen it? Yes. Spoiler alert. If you've spoilers. already seen it. Yeah. Spoilers in three, two, two one. one. Woo! fucking vampires. Yes, it's a vampire bar. They just, like, fucking go to this bar called the Titty Twister. And you're like, oh, they're just at this bar called the Titty Twister. How ironic. No, the Titty Twister is a fucking vampire lair. Crazy, and then they have to fight their way out of it. And it's, it is kind of a guns blazing movie, but it's also a vampire movie, and and it's also like there's heart wrenching bits in it too. Yeah, like there's like part where people become vampires, and it's really sad. Also, a scene the dad that uh, they kidnap uh, to smuggle his RV was also a priest who's kind of losing his fate, but he regains his fate, and he's able to fill. The condoms with water, and then he blesses the water inside the condoms, so it's holy water balloons that they, like, literally, like, throw at the vampires. Yeah. Like, really invented stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. Like, I don't... I think I did know there were vampires in it, but I didn't really know, like, when or how it happened, and I had kind of forgotten about it. Um... And so by the time I watched it, it was more of like a, like, I was like, oh shit. Oh yeah. This one's about vampires. Oh, Danny Trejo's in it. Oh yeah. That's right. Say so, Tom Savini's character's name is Sex Machine. Um, who was it? Fred Williamson is in it too. That's who I was thinking of. And John Hawks is in it. Who? I mean, I like John Hawks a lot, but he's like really famous now. And apparently Kelly Preston is a newscaster, the actress. Interesting. Well, this movie does literally have George Clooney as one of the main characters, so I guess these things shouldn't surprise me. Like, Right. It's but, just, like, interesting. Yeah, it's just fascinating to think that literally George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino played brothers. 
in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of from Dust Till Dawn what my brother's favorite Robert Rodriguez movies are, and I just kind of blank. Um, well, I always think of Spy Kids, and I'm like tuning out. But oh, I forget he did Sin City. He did. Um, the Faculty. So Brandon liked The Faculty. Uh, what was it? El Marachi? Yeah. That was like his first one, The Desperado. Yeah. So those are. Oh, I've been movies. wanting to see Four Rooms. And I knew this I, already, but it makes me, it, it always makes me feel nice that uh, he actually has my birthday. So we share the same birthday. So. <laughs> I like, I, I don't like Planet Terror as much as I like Death Proof, though. Yeah. I do like watching Grindhouse as like a event. But I, well, okay. Like I want to like Planet Terror, but it's just too stupid. Like it's too goofy. And Death Proof, I think, was like, I don't know. I like Death Proof so much better. So that was my fifth one, my uh, fun movie. It is streaming on HBO. HBO Max um, is what we have. I know HBO Go, HBO Max, there's a difference, but we have HBO Max. Um, I figured I would get to my now honorable mention. Yay, our bonus movie. This would have definitely been on my list, except uh, the stipulation me and Katie had put on the list was that the movie had to be streaming. And this movie is not streaming. I do not know why the hell it's not streaming. It is available to rent um, on Prime, but it's not streaming. And that made me really mad. And what's funny, it's available to rent on Prime for like $3.99 when I know I bought this movie on Blu-ray for $8. Oh, no. Yeah. But it is one of my favorite scary movies. Uh, (laughs) um, I saw this my freshman year of high school uh, freshman year of college um so i grew up on anthology horror movies and i uh, saw both of the creep shows growing up as a kid me and my brother talk about the creep shows all the time um so this being an anthology horror film i was already booked and then i just was amazed at how fun it was like it, it's a little scary uh, especially the first time you see it but this is like a legitimate movie you can watch with like a group of friends and laugh at things um, and I very recently, if this doesn't tell you how much I love the movie, I finally own my first home. I'm a homeowner and I actually bought animatronic of the main character. <laughs> I know what movie this is because I saw it. Yes. Uh, so we are talking about 2007 trick or treat. So <laughs> not to be confused with the movie that has, um, Alice Cooper in it called trick or treat, which is a very different B horror movie about rock and roll. Yes, so this is, um, I want to say Mike Daltrey, but then I'm like, is that name right? Um, but he, he directed Trick or Treat. He also directed Krampus. Um, if that kind of gives you guys that. <gasps> I loved Krampus. Mm-hmm. I, I still haven't seen Trick or Treat. I loved Krampus, though. Trick or Treat, it's amazing because he's also been trying to get a sequel. Um, uh, he's been trying to do a sequel for Trick or Treat since, like, 2007. So, basically, released a movie. Um, it was one of those movies, it it fell under the radar. It did. It wasn't very popular when it was released, but it gained a cult following. And the last couple of years, Sam has blown up as a character. So we are now seeing Sam merchandise, which was unheard of, like, you know, 10 years ago. But now it's like, look, there's little Sam things at Spirit Halloween, and my heart's happy because I love Sam. So. Oh, have you gone to Spirit Halloween yet? I just saw that it's opening. I haven't gone yet. We need um, to make a trip. Yes, that's where I actually got my animatronic Sam. 
I've been eyeing him for like two years now. And Taylor said, I promise you when we get a house, we'll buy him for our house. And so this is, <laughs> we went and bought Sam for the house. So, oh, see, I'm mad because I swear that movie was streaming like yeah. a couple months ago. And I planned on watching it this Halloween because I saw your Instagram post where you had it. And I was like, oh, I have need to watch that movie. I'll watch it for Halloween. So maybe we'll watch it on Halloween. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Love- um, so does Sam interact with all of the different stories? Yes. Yeah, so he does. So he is like the, he's kind of like the thing that ties the stories together. And um, without spoiling too much, Sam is, of course, um, short for Sam, Sam Samhain, Sam Hain, which is. Sam Hain. Sam Hain. I yeah. Think. Anyways, go ahead about Sam. Oh, no. So, yeah, I love Sam. Um, he's cute. Uh, he looks like a child with a burlap sack over his head. Um, he is not what he seems, but he looks really cute. Oh, no. uh, which actually brings me, um, for some reason, you talking actually reminded me of another movie I love. Um, I do not believe this one's streaming, but I did want to make another kind of what would have been my honorable mention if Trick or Treat wasn't demoted to honorable mention because of not being available to stream. Uh, what would have been my honorable mention would have been the Halloween tree. Um, which is an anime. I still have not seen that, but I've heard good things. I it scared me when I was a kid, but I really like it. Um, it's based off a Bray Bradbury novel. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh basically about these children. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I may not be remembering the plot as well as I did. I need to rewatch it. But these children have a friend who is dying, and I guess who essentially like capture his soul or save his soul they go all over the world for like these different halloween cultures um so it's really cool like it's kind of like it's a little scary but it's also kind of like a fantasy whimsical story and it also kind of explains halloween all around the world um and different cultures that people have for the dead and burial rituals and stuff so yeah it's really good yeah it was an animated film i remember sitting there one day I was probably like five, and I had my bowl of Count Chocula, which is still my favorite cereal. Uh, <laughs> Every Halloween must yes. have Count Chocula. Yes. Actually, I don't know if I've ever actually eaten Count Chocula. I uh, feel like I have, but I don't remember a specific memory. I have had Boo Berries, though. Yes. Definitely Boo Berries. But I'm a, I'm a big Captain Crunch fan, so... I love cereal. Um, I'll be honest, I don't tend to eat it in the mornings. I tend to eat it as at like night? at night craving. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So, you know what's good? You put some like Greek yogurt with cereal and it's like, it's a little bit less like, especially, <gasps> you know what I started eating it with? They have pumpkin spice Cheerios, y'all. Oh, yeah. I They're forgot. Very good. Yes. Um, but I guess it's time for me to pick one of your movies from last week because I, I see we're we're almost hitting the eleven thirty mark. So I'm yes, like, I gotta, I gotta go take Draven to school tomorrow. So it is time to pick. Okay, so you actually there was uh you made it really really hard for me because I didn't <laughs> want to rewatch Reanimator because I hadn't seen it in literal years. Um, I did want to see Fam of the Paradise because the way you described it, it sounded so weird. But specifically is. Halloween, I think I'm going to go with Behind the Mask. <gasps> Yay! Yay! Yeah. I I honestly like that's the one I've been wanting us to do because I've had it on the list forever because it's so Halloween-y! Yes. And re-watching it, 
I still love it as much as I used to. Yay. Oh, I'm so excited. Have you watched it yet? I haven't. I've never seen it. So this will be my first time. So it's called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. It's a very long name. You can just type in Beyond the Mask. I mean, Behind the Mask. Um, it, I believe, is streaming on Amazon Prime. It was two weeks ago. Let me make sure it is. Um, and this is the one where it's like people, it's a mockumentary about people following around basically a Michael Myers character. Um, so there's two versions of it. Also, there's apparently a 2015 movie called Behind the Mask. That's not it. This is a 2007 movie or Shudder says 2006, but it's okay. one of those 2006, 2007. Um, it's on Shudder which is like the original release. And then on Prime, it's a 10th anniversary edition, which I think I watched the Prime version. And I don't really remember there being much of a difference. So okay. I would say it's probably okay to watch either one. There's one more minute in the 10th anniversary. Oh, so. that's graphic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, May had gotten cut the first time around. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was something graphic and I just, it'd been such a long time that I didn't notice that it was some, missing something. Um, I do own it too. It's one of those movies, like I actually bought it. I saw it in second, our local second in Charles and was like, oh, I need that movie in case I can't find it. And now it's on um, Amazon Prime. So Ooh. I'm really excited. It is a fun Halloween romp and I will, I will try to cut out a lot of what we said about it in the first episode. So that we don't double discuss things. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. There's a lot of um, guests. Like, I, I hate saying guests when it's a movie because it's not like it's a TV show. There's a lot of cameo performances by uh, horror movie icons. And there's also a lot of like references to horror movies, like actual horror movies. And I think, honestly, I think the performances are really good. And it's sad because a lot of those actors like didn't really do a lot. Although the guy who plays... Leslie does a lot of like film production like he works like camera work it looks like and production work so like he still works in the industry That's it's awesome. just he doesn't do as much acting which I think he did had a great performance um he really he and the main and the girl who's doing the documentary um probably have the strongest performances it's great I'm really excited because this is one of those movies like I know people do know about it, but I feel like every time I mention it, nobody actually knows about it. And it is a really fun movie and it's got a lot of like cool imagery and yeah. like it comes up with its own like horror movie villain too. I'm sad there wasn't a second one, honestly. But and it's very it's very atmospheric and spoopy looking because everything's in fall and it's autumnal and it takes place on the Pacific Northwest, so you know. That's, you know, that's my vibe. I've never been there, but I really, really like Twin Peaks and that, like, like all the trees and, like, sweaters and things. It's, like, all the good things about fall, but also a terrible murderer. Yeah. So, it's great. <laughs> all the things you need for Halloween. So, <gasps> we'll be watching Behind the Mask. It's on Amazon Prime and Shudder through Amazon Prime. I assume the Shudder app as well. But apparently, HBO Max has stuff that the HBO add-on doesn't have, because there was one you said today... That's supposed to be on HBO and oh, from Dust Till Dawn, but it's not on the Prime version of HBO. Oh. So it must be an HBO Max exclusive. But I've seen it before. So 
I don't know if we'll be able to do that one, but I'm going to think really hard about which one I want to do. Um, although I'm kind of sad we can't do Trick or Treat because I really want to do that one this year. Yeah. I was hoping you would say it so we could do it, but we've got many, um, many choices. I'm very excited. Yes. Yay. So we are going to see you guys next week. Yes. Um, please bear with us because Katie is moving. So I don't think, I think we have prepared enough that we shouldn't have a pause in the uploads. But if there is, we will let you know, especially on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but I don't, I don't think there's going to be a pause in our upload schedule. Um, Cause I'm going to try my hardest to get things edited very quickly so they can just be, you know, uploaded really quickly and easily. So that's my goal tomorrow. Um, while I'm before I while I pack things is to edit. So yeah. luckily it's a lot of listening and not a lot of actual physical editing. It's just making sure we didn't say anything too stupid for people to be annoyed with us about. So <laughs> or too long winded. So uh, yeah. So we'll see you guys next week for episode three of Spooptober. Yes. On Spoopy's time, same Spoopy channel. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, and we'll be doing behind the mask. Yeah. So I guess. That's all we gotta say. Follow us, like us, subscribe. Please, it helps the channel. Not the channel. Well, I guess it helps the channel. The podcast channel. I've been watching too much YouTube and I'm tired. Um, it helps the podcast if you subscribe and rate us. So please do and share what you can and share with us some spooky movies you want to see. Yeah. Um, and what what are you gonna watch this Halloween? What is your go-to Halloween movie? I'd love to know. Um, I think Britt would too. Yes, definitely. So uh, stay spooky, y'all, and we'll see you at the same spooky place. Same spooky. Bye, guys. Be safe. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Make good decisions. Make good decisions. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty-free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.